this is Talking Aerospace Today, a podcast for the aerospace and defense industry, a place that brings the promise of tomorrow's technology to the ears of our listeners today. And I'm your host, Scott Salzweedle. Welcome to our five-part series, Accelerating Productivity Through Digital Transformation. Now, as you might imagine, maximizing productivity throughout the AD product lifecycle is key to success and significant profits. Today, in our second podcast, we'll be discussing ways to orchestrate your technical program with model-based systems engineering, MBSE, or systems engineering for short. Before we get started, to recap our last episode, we talked about the trends in the AD industry and how these trends are forcing companies to embark on their own digital transformation. There are so many exciting opportunities and ways to achieve new levels of productivity. If you missed it, I urge you to take a listen. So in this podcast, we'll be discussing MBSE and the role it plays in the A&D industry. Systems engineering is so much more than simply replacing a paper-based system, as you will soon find out. I'm pleased to introduce my special guest, Dale Tutt, who is the Vice President of Aerospace and Defense at Siemens Digital Industry Software. Welcome, Dale. Thanks for stopping by. Before we dive in, could you please share with our listeners your background and your role at Siemens? Hi, Scott. Uh, very happy to be here today, and thank you for having me. So before I joined Siemens, I worked in the aerospace and defense industry for about 30 years in various engineering and, and program leadership roles. Bef- my most recent position, I was the vice president of engineering at the spaceship company. Uh, we were working with Virgin Galactic and developing spaceships for commercial space, space tourism. Before that, I was at Textron Aviation or Cessna Aircraft Company for about 18 years and a number of engineering and uh, program management roles there as well. My, my last real big program at, before I left there, I was the chief engineer and program director for the Textron Airlines Scorpion jet. We went from a concept sketch to first flight of an all-new tactical aircraft in about 23 months, which was pretty fast for the industry. And uh, you know, before that, I had some uh, time as well at Bombardier Learjet and General Dynamics Space Systems Division. So a mix of space and 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 aircraft uh, in my career. But now at Siemens, I'm the vice president of the aerospace and defense industry, and uh, we do a lot of the industry strategy development and work on developing product solutions for the aerospace and defense industry and for our customers in the industry so that we can provide solutions that meet our customers' needs. So I get to work with the, all of our product lines and, and our global sales teams, and, and it's a lot of fun in this role. So thank you for having me. Sure. Very impressive. Since this podcast series is on productivity, why don't we first take a minute and discuss the many ways in which an OEM or supplier can increase productivity? So we're focusing on four topics right now. So the first is model-based systems engineering, which is really kind of at the heart of any new program. And it's about orchestrating your technical program. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. And then the next topic around accelerating product design and agile product development, you know, the tools and methods that you're using for your design and analysis and certification of your product. Improving your program management with uh, our integrated program planning and execution solution. It's really about bringing together all of the aspects of your program and effectively managing them. And then finally, uh, moving into manufacturing, being able to accelerate your production ramp up very quickly so that you can start uh, delivering products to your customers. And and this is you know bringing in intelligent manufacturing or flexible manufacturing processes so that companies can be a little bit more agile in how they establish their production lines. So this episode is on MBSE, and I have to ask, it's gaining in popularity. So what is systems engineering? How, how would you define that? 
So systems engineering is an approach where a lot of companies are using it, but it's a, it's, it, it adds a little bit of discipline or to the design process and, and you get customer requirements and how do you flow that out into your design? And then how do you verify that you actually satisfy those requirements? So in a nutshell, that's kind of what MBSC is. The thing that we're seeing is, and why it's becoming so popular is with this increasing product uh, complexity that we're seeing with electrification and with, with these, uh, with more and more software and autonomy and all these vehicles is you have thousands of interfaces and interactions between all these systems and components that are say on a, on a new airplane. You know, this is a very big process. When you think about thousands of interfaces, companies need different skill sets to manage all of these complexities and all these multi-domain challenges because everything's so integrated. And then, you know, integration of these complex systems and these supplier relationships also increase the risk and cost of schedule overruns. So it's, you know, all these challenges here is, you know, a lot of companies have been doing systems engineering and a document-based system for decades, uh, but now they're moving to model-based systems to be more effective and, and, and do a better job have with their traceability. So that's uh, kind of in a nutshell why they're doing it. Okay. So, and I know the Department of Defense is very active in this area. So could you uh, explain to our listeners a little bit more about what the DOD is doing? Absolutely. It's the DOD, they've been you know, maybe on the forefront of recognizing the need for systems engineering. And NASA also was an early leader in this, but uh, you know, the systems, again, are so complex. You think about, you know, the F-35 and how complex it is as an aircraft, these, you know, how, how much capability it has. And so, so the DOD recognized the need for systems engineering to be able to communicate the requirements better to the OEMs that were going to build the airplanes and then having a process to check that all those requirements were satisfied and all these interfaces are done. And when you think about what Dr. Will Roper has been saying, and he, he's been advocating, you know, a, this digital transformation within the Air Force for the last couple of years. And he recognizes that they need a better process that's much faster, much more agile. And he talks about the digital holy trinity of digital engineering, agile development, and open architecture. And to be able to satisfy these needs, really MBSE is is the key to this as as you move forward on that. Okay, and then with uh, civil aircraft, we, do we want to touch on that as well? Yeah, we should. The FAA and EASA and other regulators also have uh, started requiring more systems engineering as part of the certification process now. So there's been, yeah, it's always been part of the process, but probably in the last uh, six, seven, eight years, it's really increased in awareness. It was in ARP 4754A, which is uh, the standard that's used for defining systems engineering. Uh, and that, that's been out for, I don't know, uh, eight or nine years now. And But it's a very comprehensive and it really defines the process and the rigor that you need to use to uh, manage these complex systems and and the safety of those systems, and so uh, it's a it plays a very big role in all all civil aircraft as well. Okay, so let's try and define systems engineering. What are the key elements or or the domains that go into systems engineering? So it's uh, and I started to talk about this a little bit earlier, but go into a little bit more detail now. So with your systems engineering process, it really starts with requirements. So you get a set of requirements from your customer. And then you might have those at an aircraft level, and then you have to then flow those down into your different systems. So your flight controls, your landing gear system, your electrical system all have to meet different requirements. And then those flow down in individual components so that when you start to design, say, an electrical box in the software that's in the box, you have a set of requirements that you're designing to. So it's all about requirements management. And then you have system modeling. So it's about taking those requirements 
turning that into a functional definition to uh, you know your system architecture, so the the schematics of of what your systems might look like, and then to be able to link those to the physical design and be able to link that design back to those requirements. System safety, which I touched on a little bit, is a key part of this process, it, and and it, it's about defining requirements for your components, but also about verifying that you've satisfied the safety intent of this product. And then you go through your software design and verification. And then finally, just verification management, which it shows it takes you through the process of moving from requirements into your verification plan. This is how we're going to test and show that we can certify the product and then into your actual testing and your test results and and showing final compliance. So a process really to uh, close the loop on all of the verification and show that you've met all the requirements. So you know, kind of simply state, it's about requirements management, system modeling, and then verifying that you've satisfied your requirements. Wow. That certainly covers a lot of ground. I mean, we're talking about managing all requirements, um, the consistent and constant verification throughout the entire process. Also includes software design and verification. And of course, adhering to system safety requirements from start to finish. It, it sounds too good to be true. I'm sure there's some challenges when it comes to system engineering. So, so Dale, what, what are some of the challenges in implementing something like this? <laughs> too good to be true, but it is very challenging to go through the whole process. I mean, you just think about the complexity of some of these products that we're designing. You think about a new air taxi and everything that's going on in that. So the, the biggest challenges with systems engineering, and it, it kind of comes in two different phases. So in the early design phases, when you're in this conceptual design phase, you have to be able to optimize these multi-domain architectures. So, you know, what I mean by that, you're looking at your structure, your hydraulic system, your pneumatic system, your electrical system, all all the systems on the airplane, and even just sometimes the basic configuration of the airplane. And you might be looking at hundreds of options and trade-offs, and you have to be able to keep track of all of this. And so it's very important to get it right the first time because the decisions that you make early will drive the costs that you have later when you're going through your certification process or even when you're moving into manufacturing. So you rely a lot on simulation and analysis to virtually verify that the concept design will meet the product requirements. And so this is usually done by kind of a small team. I mean, I I joke that sometimes that during these phases, we might have 30 or 40 people working on a program. And then you bring in the rest of your product team. And sometimes it's suppliers and partners. And this all of a sudden now you have four or five, 600 people working on this program. So now it's, it's a big task. And so you need to be able to execute the design through the rest of the process. So you made decisions early in the design, in the conceptual design process, and you need to be able to carry those through to the end of the program and make sure that you get it right the first time because you don't want to start over. And so uh, you, you have to manage this, uh, you know, all of these people and all the partners and the functional teams. And you do this with good interface management. You got to be able to manage the integration of all of these partners, both on a business process as well as on the technical side. And then you have to be able to do your design and verification oversight to make sure that everything's getting done and, and, and that you uh, have good visibility into the whole program. So much going on here. Um, pretty complex stuff. And to manage all this, to get it all to work together, how does the company do that? What is the answer? Yeah, so it's a great question. And to be honest, as I said earlier, companies have been doing this for decades, but they've been doing it in a lot of document-based systems. And so you have information, you might have your requirements in one database and you have your system modeling in, you know, like Microsoft Visio and then your verification, your test data might be in Excel. So it's, it's, everything's disconnected. So 
to manage it now, you have to have a digital thread for your model-based systems engineering, your MBSC process that connects all of your engineering, your manufacturing, your supply chain, your program management activities. You've got to connect everything together. And you got to be able to do this across all of your functional areas and all of your suppliers. You got to be able to track your requirements and the architecture implementations throughout the entire lifecycle of the process. You want to be able to capture those design decisions as your product matures. Why did you make a decision? So as I said earlier, you're looking at hundreds of options and trade-offs and you make a decision. And then five years later, as you're going through your design or you're maybe finishing up your certification, someone says, well, why did you do that? You have to have that information available. So it's important to capture that knowledge so that you can use it again. And then you have to be able to integrate these complex supply chain and product interfaces. So you might have multiple suppliers working inside, say, your wing, and you have to be able to manage all of these interfaces between all of the suppliers and make sure that everything comes out right. And then finally, you need to want to really be able to do this in a flexible and open multi-tool solution. You have to be able to work with anything that's out there because your suppliers might be working in different tools than you are. And so you got to be able to communicate. So you got to have this flexible and open environment. I do believe this is where Siemens comes in. I know we have a a robust and proven MBSC digital thread. So could you tell our listeners a little bit more about the uh, MBSC digital thread that Siemens offers? Yeah. So it's, you know, this comprehensive digital thread that Siemens offers, it really enables companies and programs to orchestrate their technical program and to be able to manage all of their technical scope throughout the entire life cycle of the product. And that's important because These products, you know, they might take several years to develop and you need to have that continuity throughout. And so from conceptual design until you go into service, you want to have that that information being covered. And that's what we talk about when we talk about this comprehensive digital thread. It works with everybody. So, again, as I mentioned, it's flexible and open. Any tools for requirements or system modeling It's going to ensure that you've uh, been able to carry your architecture so when you make those design decisions up front, you know, that you can carry those architecture and the requirements throughout the design all the way to the end of certification and have complete traceability. And then finally, just to be able to manage this, the complex product and all these integration with this seamless data sharing between your functional areas as well as with your partners. I'm sure you've been on location and witnessed how the MBSC thread delivers for, for our customers What have you seen along the lines of some tangible benefits? Companies that are implementing this today, they are accelerating our product development. They are moving faster than everyone else. And and they're becoming a lot more agile in their execution and their decision making. Because this thread, they have that traceability, the continuity, they have information. When there's a change that happens, they can do a better job of understanding the impact of that change. They're seeing dramatic results. They're reducing their product development time by maybe over 30%. And that's huge. And, and when you think about it, if you do a couple programs, if you reduce 30% each time, you know, after, after a couple of programs, you've really made a big dent in your product development life cycles, in your development costs. And you're also, these companies are seeing 90% first pass yield on their design and manufacturing. So when they do their design, they're getting it right the first time. They hand it off to manufacturing and they're able to build it the first time. And, and you think about just the cost savings that comes from that. And so I think it's just, you know, as we look at, you know, some of the different programs, even that I've worked on in the past, when we've had good requirements, we've always been able to go through these programs very effectively. I had an experience and I I won't mention the company, but, you know, we didn't have a good set of requirements. So then the system came in 
And then we all started arguing about what we were expected to do. And so we didn't do the work up front, but then we had time to really debate it and argue about it later on. But it just added a lot of cost. And so when we switched over and started having good, robust requirements, we just started going through the processes so much easier. Wow. That's really exciting stuff. It's just amazing times we're living in. Unfortunately, we're nearing the end of this episode. I, I can't believe it's gone so fast, but there are many more episodes to come in this productivity series. So Dale, what can our listeners expect in our next episode? Yeah, so it is kind of hard to believe that we're done. The next episode, we'll talk about accelerating your product design. And you know, as I said, this is a topic I really enjoy talking about. And we're going to talk a lot about agile product development. How are companies going faster as they go through their development processes and getting it right the first time. So it should be a fun discussion. Okay, great. Thank you, Dale, for this engaging discussion on MBSE and the role it plays in aerospace productivity. Hey, no problem, Scott. And thanks again for having me. Yes, and we'll be talking again soon. And of course, I'd like to extend my many thanks to our listeners. I'm glad you tuned in to this podcast. Thank you, listeners. So remember, at the top of the show, I mentioned Dale and I will be doing a five-part series on A&D productivity. So check back here for more information on our next podcast. Also, in the meantime, you can visit us online at Siemens.com slash PLM slash Aerospace Defense. This is Talking Aerospace Today, and I hope you'll join us again for our next podcast. Until then, bye for now. 